0: Welcome back to the Connect the Dots Bitch Podcast. I am your host, Amy Fiedler, Certified Trauma Support Specialist, Certified Holistic Life Coach, and just your favorite person, to listen to. Honestly, my favorite person to listen to, not to toot my own horn, but I've been listening to my own podcast while I run because it helps me maintain a steady pace because of how I talk. And wow, these are good. I'm learning a lot from me. Anyway, we're here with a solo pod this week. We've got some great guests coming up, though, and hopefully you've enjoyed our first two so far. Noble was our first guest, and then Dayson was our second one. I'm excited to keep going and hopefully at some point start to put up these videos of the podcast because I've got videos of all of them thus far. I just haven't taken the time to edit the video, and then I mean i'm gonna have to like like really revamp the uh the YouTube if I put it on there, but I can just start posting video podcasts to Spotify for those who listen on Spotify. I don 't think Apple has that feature, but I know Spotify does anyway today, I want to. <laughs> to talk to you about how I lately have been getting constantly reminded to just mind my own business and not mind my business in the context like I'm nosy and I'm bothering people or, you know, like, I don't know, inserting myself into their problems only mentally. here. Hear your girl out, okay? I have this, I mean, this sensitivity, if you will, because of what I do for a living, because of what I've gone through. Really, I think it's my skill set because of what I do for a living, to be honest. Like, I have definitely analyzed this shit with B in our sessions. So that's what I'm going to lean towards more. But I am tuned the F in to other people's struggles, whether they share them with me or not. And you might say, well, Amy, you're making assumptions. No, I'm talking about people, not strangers. I'm talking about people in my life who have commented, alluded to things like I am tuned in to the language people choose to use when they share what's going on with themselves or What's going on in their lives? Like, words matter. I used to say that all the time on early episodes of this podcast. Words matter. Your choice of language, your choice words, they tell me a story that you don't even have to tell me. That's number one. Number two, like, tone of voice sometimes, body language sometimes. But when, like, I've had people share bits and pieces. Of things with me, not even go into heavy detail, just people in my life, different people in my life, friends, family, whoever. Okay. I'm not talking clients. I'm not talking strangers. I just like overhear or observe people close to me have shared briefly about little things, right? Going on, maybe a little struggle, and they like half tell me about it. And then, and then I'm around them or I see something online. And I have the skill set, because of what I do for a living, to analyze behavior and to understand where it comes from rather quickly, often without anybody telling me much about themselves. Like I can put two and two together because I understand behavior and what drives that behavior. And I can like determine the trajectory of that if x y and z doesn't happen right so if if a conversation doesn't happen or a boundary isn't set up or new coping skills aren't acquired whatever it is i can determine the trajectory and what i'm finding a lot lately is that i'm not minding my business in the sense of i'm emotionally sensitive mentally in tune with observing these things And not like I'm seeking them out. It's like I'm scrolling social media and I see somebody say something and I'm tuned in already because we had a private conversation one day. And so I'm tuned into kind of what's going on. And I put together what they're talking about with what they told me. And then it takes up space. I would say, do I worry about it? yeah, like I'm invested to the degree where I'm like concerned and wanting, like I get this urge to want to help, which is not new. I clearly do that for a living. But what, what pulls me out of it is the recognition that I have boundaries around helping, right? I only help when I'm asked unless the situation calls for something different and and that's very clear in terms of the parameters of what that might look and sound like to me but you know when it's like little things between a married couple it's really not my business it's not my battle it's not my relationship it's not my anything but i struggle listening to things or witnessing things when i'm like all you have to do is this All you have to do is this or this is not changing, right? Like maybe I talk to one half of the relationship and I'm I'm seeing the other one post things online and I'm just like concerned and invested and it's taking up too much space. We'll just put it that way. It's taking up too much space and because it's taking up too much space and I I find this to be a little gem that I want to drop for you. When it takes up too much space mentally and emotionally, I then need to get it out of me, right? Like I always talk about how we need to get, we need an outlet. We need to get our emotions out, whether we talk to ourselves, whether we journal it, whether we seek out a professional or we confide in someone close to us. And so what happens is I just get this urge to spew it to like fill or be. And M B will listen and engage because she knows how my mind works and she knows everything's interconnected. And so there's always something in there that I can kind of take away and learn. So she will participate. But if I don't want to bother her with it, I'll take it to Phil. And I know him. I know him well enough to know he doesn't have space for this. Like to him, this is just nonsense. Like focus on something that's more meaningful, (laughs) something that's like actually your responsibility you know and and but but funny because he's like he'll listen and he's kind but i also like in my head i'm judging myself for even sharing it with him because i'm like you are just like you you don't sit down and watch reality shows like me and then invest in the characters i do to the point where i started posting tiktok videos about it and they kind of took off (laughs) and now there's hundreds of thousands of people on tiktok watching and commenting and following because now there's a whole series of Vanderpump Rules TikToks of me analyzing cast members' behavior and I'll tell you what nothing is scratching that itch more <laughs> it's almost like well can't do this with people in my own life cuz that's just like it's not it's not my place and then if I am doing that with people in my own life when I am around them in person it's a hundred times more uncomfortable for me. It's so uncomfortable for me to relax, to be present because I'm so caught up and fixated in the struggles that they might be internally having or having with each other. And I know, and this is why I'm talking about it. I know a lot of you struggle with these mental, emotional boundaries as well, A lot of highly sensitive people do. A lot of trauma survivors do. And the reason we struggle with it is because we've long been conditioned, some of us, uh, from environments where everything was our responsibility, everything therefore was our business. Like for me growing up, it wasn't a case of mom and dad yelling downstairs didn't involve me and I should stay away and out of it. Because it became about me or it became my problem to fix. And when that is the majority of situations in the environments you frequent, that becomes your norm. So you make everybody's business your business. Anything you are remotely exposed to becomes your responsibility, even if it's an unconscious thought process you're having. Because for me, I will say, even though I'm aware I have this, I don't often catch it. Like, I still have to reinforce for myself at times and get frustrated with myself of my own mental and emotional boundaries because they're invisible. I was saying this to somebody the other day. We struggle deeply with these invisible boundaries because there's nothing tangible to see. And there's, so there's no real tangible feedback that then prompts us to have to speak up, walk away, disengage, something like that, right? When it's a mental and emotional boundary, it is just inside of us. It's an invisible feeling, right? Like, because we don't always express those feelings. So it's in us. It's in our head. It's stewing. (laughs) And you're kind of like, well... If I set a boundary here, I'm not gonna get and I I don't say this applies to everybody, but I think sometimes to have like a tan some tangible real-time feedback gives us a little bit of like a a val a hit of validation, sometimes a dopamine hit, right? But when you're setting a a mental or emotional boundary, like these invisible parameters in your head, there's no real immediate external validation or feedback coming back at you. The, The benefit is it's not taking up space in my head. I'm not feeling responsible. I'm not carrying that with me through the rest of my day, which is then giving me the urge, right? If I was carrying it with me, giving me the urge to take action on a problem that doesn't even belong to me to begin with. So when you don't have that tangible, obvious evidence, feedback, uh, you know, hit of dopamine, it's it's a hard struggle for a lot of us. And so a lot of us just don't mind our fucking business. We just don't. We make everybody else's business our business. We make everybody else's problem our problem. If they bring it to us and they confide in us because they feel safe and secure with us, well, now we're invested. And it takes time. It takes practice. It takes conscious, intentional efforts to not be invested. And this is the balancing act. I have to juggle this in my work. I have to also, and I struggle with it outside. It's easier for me in work because I make work different than personal life, right? Just like a lot of you make family different than romance or friendship. It's all the same. It's all the same. Just the title you have for them is different than the title you have for the other ones. Same with my work boundaries. Like Once I hang up the phone with that person, I have to trust that I said everything they needed to hear. I have to trust that my words were enough and they were clear. My guidance was of value and it was beneficial to their needs. And I have to trust that if they're in a place where they're open and willing to implement whatever I said, they'll take that action. But I have to detach from whether they do or they do not. So there's a trust and a detach, and that happens simultaneously. And that is not always easy. It's not always easy when it's your friend or your sibling. And also, also... <laughs> while I'm thinking about it, if you grew up in chaos and your way of connecting with people was complaining were gossiping which it was the way my family and to this day I mean I think I said this once to Phil when we were going to go visit my parents I said sometimes it's just funny to me because it's like whose health issue am I going to hear about today when we go and visit right like they're they're that's usually the talking point this person died <laughs> or this person had surgery. This person's sick. Sometimes it's like, oh, so-and-so's kid had a baby. But you're kind of like, why are you talking about everyone else? Can you just talk about yourself? And I, I think a lot of older people do this. They, I remember my nana. I used to go see – that was my mom's mom. I used to go see her every day. I lived at the time 15 minutes from her. Dewey was still alive. That's my – Pomeranian for those who are new to the podcast um he's no longer with us but when he was alive I would go drive to my Nana's house I loved my Nana we got along great and especially during a time in my life where my mom and I were always clashing heads I always had a motherly figure in my Nana like just like an older woman to turn to was really nice I'd go have lunch with her every day. I'd drive 15 minutes down the highway, we'd sit, we'd talk, and she'd listen. And that was all I wanted sometimes from my mom. But my mom was always like busy, helping people, working, trying to please and appease everybody. But she never really slowed down and was capable of being pre- – I mean, even to this day, she really struggles with it. And, and to be fair, like I've come to an acceptance of it, but it does – upset me more so for her that she, she hasn't been able to figure out a way to not harbor guilt about not constantly being on the move and doing for others. That as her adult daughter hurts me for her because I know that feeling and I'm not in her head and I'm not in her body, but I know that feeling and it's not a fun one. Like Those of you who can't sit still, you probably got something similar going on. And she just like, she struggles with it. And so I I said to Phil, if I don't go into a visit with them very intentionally, if I don't like tune my mind right before we even leave, I walk in and those little things do irritate me. So I've learned that when I know I'm going to go visit, I have to like set the intention, take some deep breaths and remind myself to just accept them as they are and that always works. If I do that, if I just take that minute to do that and accept them for who they are instead of trying to change them into who I want them to be to make myself feel more comfortable, then I'm good. But if I don't do that, then I'm on edge the entire time. Back to what I was saying though. I I we make these relationships different we do and i've had to learn that business and personal in terms of the skill set that i have and these mental and emotional boundaries has to be the same it has to it, i mean there might be slight differences cuz of course there's different nuances in these relationships right like my relationship with a client is different than my relationship with a friend in in real life that i know that has known me for decades or my you know my sibling or whoever but with a client, I'm invested. I want success. I want you to feel better, of course. But it's not my work to do. It's my work to support, guide, give clear understanding, give clear um, guidance to you, step-by-step processes, coping skills, help you understand and connect to yourself. And then when we hang up the phone you cannot live in my brain until I speak to you a week later. It can't happen. So I've learned and it took time and conscious effort. And I'm emphasizing that in both contexts here. So you, so you get where I'm going with this. If I, I, I drew out the lines in my head, I gave, I wrote down clear instructions to myself when I hang up the phone with a client we don't think about that conversation again. We just don't. And that's what I told myself. So that's now what I do, right? So the same thing goes for when I said, like I set, I get very intentional before I go visit like my parents because I know that things can rub at me and, and trigger me if I don't. And so that's really just a matter of me sitting down and reinforcing what are my boundaries? What are my reframes? what am I accepting about these people? What, what do I still have to advocate for? You know, things like that. And if that, if I skip that step, I will easily, you know, hang up the phone with the client and harbor their feelings and their struggles all day while I'm talking to countless other clients and trying to live my own life. And you would go, you would be certifiably nuts. If you thought you could have a healthy life by doing that, you have to shut it off. You have to learn how to shut it off. It's not shutting itself off. You have to deliberately and intentionally shut it off yourself. And so I just like, it's one of those things that's very layered, right? Like I've been able to successfully figure this out and kind of master it in my work, but it's been coming up for me a lot more with personal relationships, friends and family members where it's like, I just can't mind my own damn business. And part of me, if I'm really being honest with you guys, which I always am. I love our relationship. We're, we're friends around here. And so I like having a very transparent relationship with my friends. I partly don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Here's why. Why? I'm going to tell you exactly why I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to mind my business partially because it allows me a safe, and this is only safe in my head, right? A safe outlet. Um, I can seemingly distract and avoid from my own turmoil at times, or my own paranoia that could come up if I'm filling it with somebody else's. So to dwell on that random friend's relationship struggle that they partially shared with me, or a reality TV star's life and relationships, right? Like the Vanderpump Rules cast, or like I'm gonna start analyzing the Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa and Louie. Follow me on TikTok, guys. I Amy the Life Coach, if you like things like that. Cause I know a lot of you really loved when I used to get in my Instagram stories and talk about um the reality shows. Like I used to do 90-day fiance a lot. So yeah, follow me, follow me over there. I think you'll get a kick out of it if you really take interest in those shows and enjoy it. I just I will always be a reality TV show slut I will I it's who I am <laughs> at my core um so so sometimes when you entertain yourself okay with somebody else's chaos it takes the space in of your, like it replaces, it's taking up space inside of you and therefore not leaving room for your own chaos. So partly I'm like, I I've kind of assessed this a little bit, mainly while I've been talking about it to you right now for the last 22 minutes. (laughs) And I've decided it's like, it's an okay coping mechanism to a degree. Okay, I'm not causing anyone harm. If it starts to cause me harm, because I feel an urge to insert myself, which I I'm not doing, by the way, just so we're clear, I'm making TikToks about reality TV, but I don't feel that's inserting myself. Inserting myself would be like jumping into one of their DMs and being like, "You need my help," which no, that's not what I'm trying to do here. Okay, granted, I'm here if they want me. different story, but I'm not chasing after anybody. The point is, is like specifically the people in my personal life that it consumes me with, I'm looking at it, A, as a challenge to reinforce these unconscious like boundaries, right? These invisible boundaries. So I'm taking it as a challenge. I'm welcoming it. And I'm also like, I'm not causing myself or anyone harm if I allow myself to ruminate on it just a little bit. I'm not. And I wanted you to hear that for a couple of reasons. Number one, I always want you to understand why you do what you do. I always want you to understand the root of the behavior and what's the driving force behind it. Because number one, that is the first thing. And again, no disrespect to therapists out there or licensed therapists of any kind. But in my personal experience, having gone to several of them in my life, They never explained to me anything that I explained to you. And I get that feedback and I've gotten that feedback for well over a decade now from people that come to me. I've been to years of therapy. Nobody explained this to me. Nobody said it that way. Nobody. Good. Great. I'm glad I've branded myself this way because this was the game changer for me and my own mental health. So I always want you to understand that's number one. Number 2 I also want you to realize both realities can exist. And that was a hard one for me to swallow after trauma. It was always black and white. It was always this binary either or it's good or bad it cannot be both and it's it's taken time but and honestly the reinforcement that I've gotten over the last two years of being together with Phil, because he has said this to me countless times in many different contexts, has significantly helped me as well. So if you've got someone in your life, just drop drop that little ball of wisdom to them. Like, and is a good word. Replace or with and, okay? And is an important word because it emphasizes both realities can be true you can, you, you, you can know that, you know, this, this way of dwelling on people's stuff or letting it take up space in your head. Yeah. Like in the scheme of things, is it productive? Is it really helping me for me slightly? Cause this is the work I do. So I like to think about things like that. I think about things like that all day. I'm talking to people like that all day. So it's a little bit different for me. But let's say I wasn't in this career path. Is it, is it causing me harm? No. Could it cause me harm? Yes. So can it be okay to do? Yes. Can it also get to the point where it's not okay to do? Yes. Right? Like for those who drink alcohol it's the same thing. It's the same thing for anything, right? Like everything in moderation kind of attitude. Like there are people that feel and believe, and I totally respect your beliefs and, and, and whatnot. I, I personally don't drink a ton, but I, every once in a while I have a cocktail or I have wine or whatever. Like I'm okay with it. Now I went a couple years at one point, not drinking at all because alcoholism runs in my family. It was I was working through stuff on that and it was very triggering for me to be around people drinking, let alone drinking myself, so I just stopped cold turkey. I tend to do that sometimes. Uh but I don't care. Do what you want to do, right? So that's like my attitude about it. That's your decision and this is my decision. You can drink every day if you want and I choose not to because I don't feel like consuming alcohol every day is healthy for me personally. I freaking chug water enough all day just to stay hydrated. You think I want to go have too many cocktails every single day of the week and dehydrate myself again? No, I don't. Sometimes it's pure torture to drink water, you know? So anyway, both realities can be true. You can just like the gossip sometimes and recognize it's not going to be productive if I invest too heavily in this. It's not going to be healthy for me or my mindset. Really what this comes down to, and I'm going to close it out with this, we're going to keep this episode short today, Um, is you have to figure out your limits and understand, God, I cannot emphasize this enough. I talk about it all the time when it comes to boundaries you have to understand the impact that things have on you positively and negatively in other words you have to understand the ripple effect of being exposed or mentally emotionally entertaining things if you understand i don't know another way to say this to you if you understand like let's take my example i've been giving him ruminating on one of your friends marital issues is making you anxious, making you insecure in your relationship, making you now feel like you need to cope by 20 questioning your partner, and making it hard for you to even have an honest relationship with your friend anymore based on what you know. That's a negative impact. That's a negative ripple effect. Look at all the ways in which it has negatively rippled out into your life and is causing you harm. And it's not just causing you harm anymore. It's rippling out to other people in your life. Do you want to cause them harm? If you start looking at everything you do that way, I'll promise you, it cleans up your life very quickly. And it keeps you committed to your boundaries, keeps you committed. So when I assess these boundaries for myself and I go, okay, like it consumes me a little So I have to like tweak these boundaries and really reinforce what I do with my work, which is like I can listen to my friend or my sibling or whoever it is, my mom, dad, whoever is talking to me and confiding me. I can listen to them. I can give good advice. But once I hang up the phone, I have to remind myself just because they're in my personal life and they're not a client, I can't be invested further. Like that's their struggle. That's their battle. They have to figure it out. If they want more advice or support, I'm here for them always, right? Both are true, but I cannot do it for them. It's not mine to take on. Unless they ask me for help with something, I can discern whether that's going to be right for me, right? But ultimately, mine is not negatively rippling out and impacting anybody. And so I've come to the conclusion Like, yeah, I need to mind my business and kind of shut it down once I've talked about it or heard about it from the person. But, you know, if it pops up every once in a while and I decide I want to ruminate on it or say it out loud to somebody willing to listen, like B, B doesn't mind. She'll set a boundary if she has an issue. That's a private environment. That's therapy for me. So, like, I'm not shit talking people, you know? to other people that know them. I'm, I'm working through something by taught. And that's what I always say to Barbara. I go, I kind of feel bad now. Cause I feel like I talked bad about someone. She goes, you didn't talk bad. You told a story. You were honest about how you felt and you shared it because in this setting, when you come to talk to me, we are trying to understand how it has impacted you or influenced you. And that is always why you're talking about anything you're talking about. And so when I remember that, I'm like, right, I'm, that's true. I'm not, I'm not passing along people's information like in my personal life to my therapist, so to speak, right? I'm trying to work through my part in the equation and make it make sense to me so I can function in a healthier way, which is what you guys do when you come to talk to me privately. It's like you're not shit-talking your partner. I know some of you think you might be. You're not shit-talking your best friend or whoever. You're bringing it up in that setting because something's weighing on you and you're trying to navigate how do I cope with this? This is what it's doing to me. This is what it's making me think and feel. And I need to figure out my part in this or if there is a part in this. Is there a boundary I'm missing? Like where, where is the area of weakness or the gap in knowledge that I'm not yet aware of, Amy, help me find it. Because I clearly am not saying to you, I want to hate this person. I'm bringing it up because I care enough to bring it up. That's what I always say to people. I'm like, you wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't meaningful and important to you. And they're always like, oh, no, no, it's not that big of a deal. No, if it wasn't that big of a deal, you trust me, you wouldn't have waited a whole damn week to talk to me about it. It would have been water under the bridge. So anyway, that's all I got for you. You can't see the video right now, but I'm tossing my hair side to side. So a little life update. I'm going to Hawaii um, in a couple weeks, which is very exciting. I've always wanted to go. I can't remember (laughs) because I can't remember a lot of what I say on these podcasts. I can't remember if I told you that, but June 1st, I'm out to Hawaii. uh, But we've got some, like I said, great guests coming up that are scheduled soon. So you definitely will have a new podcast episode while I'm gone. Um, and I'm a runner now, guys, I'm a runner, I'm a 545 AM runner. Okay. So if that doesn't motivate you to realize you can do anything at the end of the day, (laughs) I don't know what will, because I'll tell you what, like, if I can, cannot tell you enough how much I made jokes about my lack of running. To the point where when I saw my parents on Mother's Day on Sunday, I even, Phil was like to them, well, oh, Amy runs now. And I said to my dad, yeah, you remember, like the only time I ever ran was to the fridge. Like I poke fun at myself that way and have for decades. And now I'm like, no, nah, I'm a runner. Oh, and one more thing. This is for my OG listeners. You'll know when I say this to you. Do you remember when I told you that what cha- what what motivated me the first time to get on a nutrition plan and start changing my diet and, and really – well, not diet. I'm not on a diet, but really changing how I was eating, okay, my nutrition, uh, was that I went to a Target – with my mom and tried on bathing suits and looked at my ass in the changing room mirror in the target and bawled my eyes out. Well, it's not like I haven't been back to a target since then. That was probably, I want to say, eight plus years ago at this point. I've clearly been to a target since then, although I'm Walmart strong. I have been to a target. But I have not been in a changing room and I have not tried on bathing suits there in forever. And let me just end with this. And again, this is for those who know and have been around with me for like the last decade. I tried on bathing suits at Target yesterday and I wasn't even thinking, I mean, partly was like the last time I was in one of these, it didn't go well but I've been running. And so I went in, I tried on bathing suits. I turned around. I did not cry. No, no. I gasped. I was impressed with what I saw. I was proud of what I saw. And it's made it all worth it at the end of the day, because I kept telling Phil that I didn't feel like myself in my body I had done all of these somatic exercises. I felt calmer. I felt more connected, but I still didn't feel like myself in my body. And on on the surface, when I would look in the mirror, I couldn't pinpoint it because I didn't look at myself and not like what I saw, if that makes sense. I wasn't like honing in on an area of my body and judging it. I would look at my body and I just didn't feel myself. And now i do so whatever this running has done for me and maybe it's from my younger i'm not going to try to analyze this but maybe it's because i was athletic my whole life and so not doing something cardiovascular was like not making me feel myself i don't know i don't know i don't really care all i know is i looked in the mirror and i was like there she is and that was really cool i'm going to end on that note today i will see you next week and please, if you haven't yet, if you're a new listener, take a moment on Apple or Spotify to leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you think of the episodes, how they're helping you, and share them with a friend. Let's let's bring more people over here and, you know, listen to my calming, soothing <laughs> voice. Uh, anyway, I will... I will see you next week and talk to you soon.